So it's just well, a really strange thing to say that evangelicals yeah. are like, I stand with Israel unequivocally. It's like, guys, they're sinful people. Well, what comes on the end of that typically is this next statement, which is because they're God's people. Yes. And you hear things like that, and it just goes to show precisely what you landed on. Unequivocal support because they are God's chosen yeah. people. It's a theological commitment. That's right. Exactly right. Hey, well, there you have it. Very self-assured, isn't he? Uh, he's very self-assured, but also very, very mistaken and admittedly, stunningly unaware of what the Bible really teaches. Well, I'm Walt Swaim, and this is Truth Unbound. We are back, uh, although you can tell in a very, very different way. And so it's not going to be as polished here for a little bit, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But concerning the video clip that you just saw, this is from a podcast off of Apologia Studios with, with uh, Durbin is his last name. Uh, and in this, we, especially with this time of war going on of Israel with Hamas after Hamas attacked Israel, uh, we are seeing a resurgence and a very vocal resurgence among many Bible teachers, prominent ones even, um, and believers against the support of Israel as an evangelical. And this is rooted in a mistaken theology, and we're going to find out more about that in just a minute. So we'll give a, re a critique, if you will, today uh, of this podcast and an explanation of what the Bible really teaches about this question. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello again, everybody. This is Walt Swain, and again, you're at Truth Unbound. Uh, we're back after a month-long hiatus, I believe, about a month or a little more. This is because, uh, and I'll explain this briefly, uh, this is because we've had a major shift, my wife and I, in our lives personally. Um, I, uh, I've retired from pastoring to enter into a new type of ministry as the academic dean of Louisiana Baptist University. And a shameless plug here, and we'll be promoting this on Truth Unbound. And that is this, that if you are seeking God's will and following his call to ministry or into more effective ministry in your local church, uh, or in just in growing in the knowledge of God's word, and to do that at the same time accomplishing a legitimate seminary or Bible college uh, degree, then you need to go to lbu.edu and uh, apply right away and we will get you moving into the direction that God wants you and learning about God's word and being effectively trained for ministry. Well, back to the situation uh, of today. Uh, my wife and I are still adjusting to a new life. We've uh, moved from one city to another. Uh, all my good equipment is in storage and will be for a while until we figure things out. Uh, we are in a temporary housing situation, but it may last for up to a year, we're not sure. Uh, but anyway, I'll be, I'll be scaling back to doing about one to three podcasts a month. And they may not look much better than this right now. So I appreciate your patience with me and uh, to hang in there with us as we get to this work-life balance and adding in Truth Unbound. And, uh, but we're still here ready to respond to the issues of today and what God has to say about it plainly in his word and his word plainly interpreted as always. So if you wouldn't mind, click on like. Click on subscribe and also to follow the podcast and share the podcast with everybody you can today. All right. So is the Jew of today 
part of the chosen people of God? Are they still the chosen people of God? So we're going to find out. So let's get on with it. Okay, so let's revisit the question again. Now, here's what he, he proposes. Here's what Durbin asks. And so we need to ask the question, is somebody who is physically descended today from Israel by blood, physically descended from Israel, who rejects the Christian message, rejects Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior, hates the message of Jesus, spits on Christians in the streets of Israel, is that person God's chosen people? Are they truly Jewish? Now, he is giving a, a, he is stating a legitimate theological question to ask, especially during the times that we are in. This needs to be understood clearly, uh, especially with the war going on in Israel right now. Uh, but, and, and a big, big but here, okay, the first thing to raise the red flag on is that Jeff Durbin is being disingenuous, first of all, in how he proposes the question. And what I mean by that is he's proposing a legitimate theological question, but he's couching it in terms that make it what is called a loaded or a complex question or a presupposition fallacy. Uh, it's an error in the way he is proposing the question, the words he is using. He's framing the question in such a provocative way that it has in it already a presupposition. In other words, he's assuming something already about uh, the listener and those that are watching it, the podcast. The responder, therefore, with this type of question is forced to cater to the questioner's assumption. assumption. And it's, uh, as I said before, it's, it's really disingenuous. The classic example of this is, so how long have you been beating your wife? Okay, do you see what I mean? In other words, you're asking the question, assuming the other person is already beating their wife, uh, and it's uh, patently false. So Durbin is doing this so badly here, uh, and in this case, he ties it in with a theological question, is the modern Jew still God's chosen people? Um, and, and he does this with this fact, and it is a fact that many Jews, especially in Israel, treat Christians in horrible ways. But that, anyway, I digress to the question. We'll take this one section at a time. Now we're gonna look at his podcast video here and uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna edit it. You can watch it and see it for yourself. You'll see that I'm not taking anything out of context, but just grouping it in ways to where it fits the questions that are being asked and need to be answered, okay? So let's take a look and see what he says next. And so I'll give you an example from, from an inspired, you know, an inspired apostle teaching exactly this. And we could do this over and over and over again. Uh, verse 27 of Romans chapter 2. Paul's having a discussion about the uncircumcised and circumcised, who keeps the law, who That's doesn't keep the law. Point. He says, then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Can you get more explicit than that, than the Apostle Paul, a Jew himself, saying, this isn't the real thing. This isn't where it's at outwardly, it's inwardly. And so the Apostle Paul makes it explicit there is that you're not even truly Jewish 
because you are outwardly or physically Jewish, you have to be inwardly Jewish. It's a matter of the heart. Mm -hmm. And you could be Gentile, physical, physical Gentile, and you could have the Spirit of God indwelling you and circumcision to the heart, and that's Paul saying, that's a true Jew. Boy, but he's not actually physically Jewish. No, but he's truly a child of Abraham. He's a descendant. That's true Israel right there. That's a true Jew. We have Abraham as our father. It's God can raise lineage. up from these stones heirs of Abraham. Oh, so rocks can be Jews. Rocks can be Jews. Stop doing it. Scripture doesn't do that. Paul explicitly says, outwardly, no. That's not what makes you a Jew. It's an inward thing. It's of the heart. And God can do that to Gentiles. God can do that to rocks. That is the message of the New Testament from Jewish people. Don't forget that. But then you get into the further discussions of like Romans chapter 9, and that's verse 6. Yeah. A powerful section there, actually. Um, and he, well, just I'll read from, I'll read from uh, verse 1. He says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. And so he says, for I could wish that I myself were a curse and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving, the law, the worship and the promises to them belong the patriarchs. And from their their race, according to the flesh, is the Messiah who is God overall blessed forever. Amen. There's a deity of Christ right there. Romans nine. Just a bonus. Um, <laughs> but it is not as though the word of God has failed for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children yeah, of the children promise, of promise are counted as offspring. Mm. But his whole point there is not all are Israel who are descended from Israel. Mm. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a true Israel a spiritual Israel, the true Israel, and then there are those who are Israel physically, but not truly Israel. Right. And that's Paul's whole argument. So when we start going, no, 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 Paul, we'll throw that away and just say that those over there who reject Jesus as Messiah, they will not have him rule over them. They, they hate the message of Jesus. They are truly Israel. Paul ex explicitly argues against that idea. That's not true. You Gentile out there, who is not descended from Israel uh, physically, um, you are the true Jew. You are the descendant of Abraham. You are, mm -hmm. like for real, fully, completely, totally, truly Israel. You are the true Jew. Isn't that amazing how God, who you were once far off, Ephesians 2, has brought you near, right? right. And you were once a stranger to the commonwealth of Israel, right? And, and all these promises were, 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 you were outside of all of them. Now God has brought you near. And those covenants, plural, of the promise singular are now yours. Mm -hmm. But you're Gentile and not physically Jewish. That okay, so again, he is totally uh, spot on here when it comes to the relationship of, of the Jew only, only being related uh, and truly Israel and truly a Jew, uh, as well as the Gentile becoming this through faith in Jesus Christ, okay? But he makes some major, major mistakes after this. Um, and uh, many like him are doing the same and it's increasing, uh, which is not good, okay? So here are the major problems with what he is stating and we'll answer them as concisely as possible, okay? Number one, he does not use the Old Testament in his arguments. 
Did you notice that? He's referring to the New Testament constantly. Now, I don't know quite if Jeff Durbin is really in this camp, but there's been a move since the popularization of this by Andy Stanley to unhitch the Old Testament from the New. Uh, this is uh, biblically incorrect, and it's really bad hermeneutics, the interpretation of Scripture. Um, and so this is happening a lot today. So now I know that Durbin and have seen him use the Old Testament in other forms. So again, I'm not sure if he's doing that here by un is if he is he unhitching the Old Testament from the New. Uh, but you have to interpret the Old Testament through the New, and you have to interpret the New Testament through the Old Testament. It's one book, and it's interwoven, and it's one story. So you can't dismiss it. Now, by that I mean the Old Testament contains numerous verses uh, stating where Israel as a nation is still going to be dealt with by God in the future and in, in prophetic events. Um, and let me go through a few of them real quickly here, and I'll just give you some of the references, uh, but we don't have time here to go through each one. But number one is that there will be a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel. This occurred in 1947, and this is explained and predicted in Deuteronomy 33, Isaiah 43, 43.6, Ezekiel 34, 11-13, and other verses in Ezekiel, such as 36:24 and chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Uh, also, the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem in the future. This is stated as such in Daniel 9:27, Matthew 24:15, Second Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4, and Revelation 11:1. 1. Also, the Antichrist before that happens will make a seven-year covenant of peace with Israel. This is in Isaiah 28:18 and Daniel 9. 27. Uh, also, that Antichrist will break that covenant with Israel and worldwide persecution of Israel will result. This is in Daniel 9, 27, 12, 1, and 11, verse 11, Zechariah 11, 16, Matthew 24, 15, and 21, and Revelation 12, 13. Israel will be invaded in the future, as explained in Ezekiel chapters 38 through 39. Now, also, Israel, will, Israel as a nation, there will be a remnant, a rather large one, that will finally recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Zechariah 12.10 tells us this. And it, Israel will be regenerated, restored. It will be regathered. Uh, Jeremiah 33.8, Ezekiel 11.17, or Romans 11.26. Romans so there is just stand out numerous verses in the prophets, especially in Zechariah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and Daniel, uh, thousands of years ago predicting what is still to come. It has not happened. There is no evidence of any of this having already happened, but yet it is there. The second problem is that Durbin and others like him confuse spiritual Israel with political or ethnic Israel. You see, this is the largest part of how Durbin and others like him make such a glaring error in their theology and their uh, just kind of throwing away of Israel as a nation. Paul indeed, as he talks about here, and he, he uses the verses from Paul, Paul indeed says that those who are not follower of and believers in Jesus are not true, the true Jew, spiritually speaking. But he never denies the role of or polit of, of political Israel as a nation and God's dealings with that nation of Israel. 
uh, he is addressing in passages such as Romans 9 through 11 the spiritual status of each Jew of Israel, the salvation is issue of Israel's of Israel as individuals and as a nation. They are indeed going against Christ. They are not coming uh, to Christ as they should in seeing him as the Messiah, um, the same way that the Gentile must do through faith, okay, and faith in who Christ is and what he has done in the cross and the empty tomb. Uh, but uh, the, the Jew who does not and will not believe in Christ will face eternal damnation in hell due to their own rejection of Jesus, whether they're Jew or Gentile. And no one among those who believe and support Israel as a nation today and say they are still God's chosen people, no one is denying this. But this is not to confuse a Jew spiritually with the final work of God with Israel as a nation in his prophetic timetable as his chosen people. Now, they are called chosen because, well, God chose them. <laughs> Just go to Genesis chapter 12 uh, and the first verses where God makes his promise to his Abraham, calls Abraham out, says he'll be the father of, of those. It'll be, there'll be a multitude of people one day, and through this people, Christ the Messiah will come and be a blessing to all those across the world uh, in every nation. And so they are called the chosen people not because they're good, not because they are worthy, not because they, they uh, just are, okay, racially and ethnically. Uh, they are because they were chosen by God to be his people, selected them to be his first representation on earth as a nation, to call all people to God. Now, when they failed in being the light of salvation in God, in failing to draw all people to God, God replaced that responsibility, but not their status as a people of God. God replaced that responsibility with the church, who are Jew and Gentiles together as one before God because of their belief in Jesus. Uh, the church does not and cannot replace national and prophetic Israel. Uh, national Israel faces judgment from God, and the church does not face a judgment related to salvation because the church is saved and free from the curse of sin and the judgment of it. Uh, but Daniel 9 explains the reason that Israel, as a nation, as God's chosen people still, will be under the judgment of God. Here's what Daniel says in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, did you notice something there? Daniel said, Seventy weeks are determined for your people. And for your holy city. And then he nails down clearly what those purposes are. Finish the transgression. Make an end of sins. To make reconciliation. To bring in, to anoint the most holy. All of that. God's very purpose of that final seven year tribulation period. That is spoken of by Jesus and by John in Revelation. Uh, and some by Paul. 
uh, between the rapture and the second coming of Christ when he will establish his 1,000 literal reign and kingdom on earth um, is to call the nation of Israel to salvation. He's dealing with judgment on the world as well to call people to him in salvation, the Gentile, but also to the Jew, if not primarily the Jew during that period. Later in Revelation, it's revealed to the reader that many of the Jews indeed of national Israel will turn to Jesus in repentance and faith. Not all of them, but a large remnant of them will. Now, the third heir of Jeff Durbin and others like him is that his interpretation of Israel and prophecy is, is misguided by the mistaken theology he already holds beforehand. In other words, he already has a presupposed theology and he's forcing this issue into that to conform to it, which isn't good exposition of the scriptures. You see, Durbin, like many Reformed or Calvinistic uh, teachers and theologians, do not see the biblical and prophetic future correctly as the Bible plainly states it. Many, if not most, of the Reformed and Calvinist camp are amillennial, with some being post-millennial. And Jeff Durbin, I believe, is post-millennial from what I see he says and he writes. In either case, as John Callahan of Never Thirsty Ministry writes, and I quote, most Reformed theologians are amillennialist. A few number, a fewer number embrace postmillennialism and premillennialism. Amillennialist and postmillennialist do not believe there will be a literal 1,000-year kingdom on this earth. Premillennialists do believe in a literal 1,000-year kingdom. Here's a quick overview of the overview of the three views, and we're just going to go through two of them. Okay. He continues, postmillennialism is not very popular today as it once was because postmillennialists teach that the world will get better and better with time. They believe the world will continue to improve until the world turns into God's kingdom, heaven. Then Christ will come. Amillennialists also reject a seven-year tribulation and a literal 1,000-year earthly kingdom. However, they do believe the world will get worse and worse with time. Eventually, Christ will come, defeat the nations of the world, judge the living and the dead, and usher in the eternal kingdom of heaven. Now, as Barry Cooper of Legionnaire Ministries wrote, postmillennialism is an optimistic view of the future and how the world will end. Postmillennialists believe that the Great Commission, make disciples of all nations, is actually going to be fulfilled, that the nations will overwhelmingly turn to Jesus before he returns. Now, Jeff Durbin, that's the end of the quote, Jeff Durbin is a post-millennialist by all evidence. So the Jewish nation being dealt with by God during the seven-year tribulation is prophesied clearly to happen by Daniel chapter 9 and other of the prophets is just not a part of his thinking. It doesn't fit in his mold that he presupposes already theologically. So naturally, due to this error in interpreting the Bible, he will also make an error in the understanding of a spiritual Jew and a national ethnic Jew in God's future timetable. So knowing that should give you that, oh, now I know why he's not correct uh, moment, okay? And you can just kind of dismiss much of what he says here because of that alone, okay? Which is sad, but true. So there's one last problem here. Here he goes, watch this, listen to this. Police that came out. The Messianic Jewish Alliance of Israel hosted the concert at the King of Kings community facility 
one of the largest congregations in Jerusalem for Christians and Messianic Jews. Senior Pastor Chad Holland told CBN News a mob of protesters outside the facility's lobby attacked men, women and children trying to attend the concert. They started by screaming, uh, pushing. Several people were hit, some were cut in the face. They broke glass, they damaged property. Um, they were kicking, they were hitting, they were cornering people. They pushed several up against the wall. They pushed down several women as well. They threw water bottles, they spit on a lot of people. And in the end, they started uh, spraying pepper spray. Nothing is being said here in any way whatsoever to ha have you thinking derogatory thoughts towards uh, people mm, right. in Israel today. Of course. Right. This is to suggest that actually we should see those who are physically Israel today as not true Jews and needing to be true Jews, mm. needing to come to the Jewish Messiah. Uh, what I'm saying is that we should see the state of Israel today as a mission field. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be saying to you, you're the chosen people of God, you're good to go. We should be saying, no, nobody is the chosen person of God who rejects Jesus Christ as Savior. Amen. I could not agree more. But he is using that loaded question fallacy again. In other words, because many Jews today treat Christians with disdain, especially in Israel itself, um, then they're not true Israel. They're not truly of God. They're not his truly chosen people. As we just explained, God is completely aware of their rejection of Jesus, the Messiah and Son of God. Duh. And this is a huge part of why he still, God still has a specific judgment uh, and final calling in future prophecy to the nation of Israel specifically to bring them to belief in Jesus as Messiah. So Durbin is making those who support Israel as God's chosen people into a group that just robotically endorses anything and everything Israel does today. Says it's okay even if they do something horribly wrong or evil, which could be further from the truth and reality. No serious believer or Bible teacher who believes that we should support Israel and bless Israel, uh, endorses the unbelief of Israel, nor do they support every action that Israel takes today. This is a false accusation by Durbin. It's a straw man argument, which is a logical fallacy. It's tragic to divide that he should divide the church in this way and perpetuate that division. The nation, the people of Israel are God's, called God's chosen again, not because they're good, worthy, or special above any other believer, especially Gentile. They are chosen, and that term chosen is a description of Israel having been chosen by God, which they, they were. It's not a, that they have a status above other believers, like he says. Also, the promises of Genesis 12 for Abraham and Israel have never been rescinded or altered by God. It's a covenant that God has made with them, he made with them, and it, a covenant is a promise that cannot and will not be broken by God. And it's same as God's new covenant with the Jew and Gentile like as the church. It's a promise that cannot be broken. And so the biggest part of that promise in Genesis 12 that God made to, to Abraham and therefore to Israel is this, it's in Genesis 12, three. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So you see, God gives the command. Regardless, believer or unbeliever, they need to bless Israel 
or they will face the wrath of God. Does that, it, could anything be more clear about the chosen status of Israel as a nation, politically and nationally? God is not done with Israel. He's calling Israel to himself to be saved and will continue to work his prophetic plan with them in the future uh, as he will with the rest of the world uh, separately yet at the same time. To deny Israel as a nation that God chose and formed opens the door as well to anti-Semitism in the church and the resurgence of evangelical believers to turn against them biblically and otherwise needs to be refuted and turned away. Many call this biblical teaching today of supporting Israel, they call it Christian Zionism, which is another, it's really a derogatory label thrown on Christians who believe in supporting Israel, turning their true biblical teaching of supporting Israel and obeying Genesis 12, 3 uh, into some fake, false, fanatical ideology. Um, don't fall for it. Don't buy into it. Believer, you need to stand firm in God's word, support Israel, and also share the gospel with the Jews so that they will turn to their Messiah and be saved before it is too late. Well, my friend, I hope this helped uh, you to understand it more and to follow God's command to bless and not curse Israel and to reach them, the Jew, with the gospel. Hey, don't forget to click on like uh, or also to subscribe and to follow the podcast and then share it with everyone you can today. Remember to follow Jesus because when you do, you will always follow the truth. Thank you.